Here he goes. Log Talk Radio. I don't know why she started us so early this time, but all right, we're uh, we're going to be in in a minute. I don't think she's doing the music. What the hell? All right. Well, let me do the music. This is good. This is this is why. <laughs> this is why I wanted to. Uh, this is why I wanted to. Uh, there we go. No subscriptions, no rules, uh, no network. I think I fucked that up. Jesus, I'm really rusty here. This is why it's good. I wanted to do this tune-up episode uh, before we get rolling on with regular show soon. Clearly, I needed the work. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh jeez. Let me see. Get that thing up. I have to get the. I have to get the catchphrase up. This is this is how bad I am. No commercials. No subscriptions. No network. No rules. And at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. And uh, yeah, no music and no preparation for this one tonight, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this is a very special edition of Banal of America. Um, uh, about a year ago, a year ago tomorrow night, uh, my guest here tonight, Tyler, Doctor Tyler Coach John, and I sat down. Um, to sort of try and get a handle on this this coronavirus thing that was making all the news and people were getting really worried about. Um, and then pretty much this was like two days after the big Wednesday when Tom Hanks uh, got coronavirus and the NBA canceled their season. And uh, then President Trump did a national TV address that left everybody far more terrified and uncertain than, than reassured. Um, it was it was this 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 moment of absolute fucking chaos and terror, and I turned to uh, you know he he's like the Dr. Fauci uh, for Banal of America, so I had to turn to uh, Tyler Coke John here to get him on the show and and find out what was going on, and that wound up birthing a little mini series um, that we came to affectionately call the Corona Cast uh, that we ran for about ten weeks and wrapped up around Memorial Day last year and. We said we'd come back for more episodes, but um, I don't know. We just didn't. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't. So, uh, but here we are, nearly one year later to the day um, for the Corona Cast one year anniversary uh, to talk about the past year, to sort of 
I guess this is almost like a lost episode, you know, to get get an idea of where the hell things might be going in the future. Um, and 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 as is the case on this program, have some have some laughs and not not totally stress out about stuff too badly. So with all that said, uh, it is my great pleasure to welcome back to the show. As I said, he's like the Dr. Fauci of in all of America. He is, of course, Dr. Tyler Cochon. Welcome back, buddy. It's like riding. I was going to say it's like riding a bike, except I completely fucked up the start of the show. But it's great. It's, it's, it's great to be back with you. That bar is seamless. So welcome back, my friend. Well, thank you. It was uh, a demonstration that, yeah, you're a little rusty. You could do some work here. It'll come back. Oh, yeah. So here we are one year later. Uh, telling you before the show started, I sat down and I looked these numbers up here. When we started the show last time around, back in March 2020, um, the sort of moment that'll live in infamy in a way was sort of uh, the conversation we had on that first episode. And at the time, I think I had the numbers wrong at the time. At the time, I was saying about 1,200 cases. Um and you predicted that it would go from a thousand. It was about a thousand. So you predicted it would go from a thousand to ten thousand in week two, and then a hundred thousand in week three. And at the time of that first episode, so that sounded like just terrifying and sort of like, how is that even possible? This is, this sounds like something that's completely. If it does that, I remember thinking like, well, if that happens, then we're really fucked, and this is going to be out of control because. Um, you know, uh, a hundred thousand people, you, you crazy. So, so to put that in perspective, uh, on week one, I look back on the stats now, uh, I'm sure it's been corrected somewhere and stuff. So week one, uh, Google tells me there were 1,678 cases in the United States. So 1,678 and there were 41 deaths. And here we are at the end of week 52, uh, one year later, and there are 29,992,442 cases in America, so essentially 30 million cases, and a staggering 545,529 poor souls have died from this virus. So um, I think, I mean, everybody, everybody is just uh, aghast at, at – at what this what this disease has done, um, you know. I think everybody it, it's changed the world. It's changed everybody's lives. Um, you know, I don't think even as dire as we thought it was going to be a year ago. I don't know if we would have imagined sitting here tonight talking about uh, over half a million Americans dead. So um, it's a pretty sobering thought. What do you say, Tyler? <laughs> well, if you remember the the projections, uh, the um, modelers had come up with numbers. Uh, I think even the most extreme were um, a half, a third uh, of what the take has proven to be. Uh, and it's not yeah. over yet. In, in a nutshell, that, that shows you what this pandemic has been like, that Reasonable extrapolations, educated guesses, if you want to call it that, uh, amongst people that, that are, are pretty good at, at figuring out what's going to happen. Uh, and we just have sat there 
open mouth as the virus has done what it's wanted, and we just kind of watched. And it's uh, really not been a good learning curve for us. And we we have learned so many things the hard way with this. You know, science is often talked about, oh, it's a self-correcting process. Never has that been more on display with the coronavirus pandemic as we have learned as as we've gone along what to do, more important, what not to do. It's been a humbling yeah. process uh, and a fantastically difficult process for everyone. Yeah, it's it's been a year, man. It's been really, really difficult uh, for everybody. Um, and it's been educational in a way. I think a lot of people have learned a lot uh, in the last year. Everyone's been kind of forced to have to learn a lot. And, um, yeah, it's – I don't even know – I'd have to go back and listen to that first episode, but I don't even know if we were talking about this kind of stuff at the time, like social distancing and wearing masks. And I remember saying to somebody – like, like, like I wore a mask like in early March last year, and people looked at me like I was a fucking crazy person or something. And and I had like, by, but by within like three weeks, I was running around like in a fucking hazmat suit. Um, that's that's how crazy it got. Um, and and I was telling Tyler before we started the show tonight. I mean, I don't know why anyone would want to go back and experience this necessarily, but if you if you need a reminder of sort of the visceral. Um, terror that was kind of like sweeping over the fucking country and everyone around us uh, at, the, at this time last year. Go back and listen to those episodes when we those first few episodes we taped. You can hear it. You can hear the the. You can just hear the foreboding nature of this. Like there was a giant brutal storm uh, on the horizon that has just just hit shore. Um, that's that's kind of the feeling you can just tell from listening to the shows. Um, but no, I mean we've, I mean God, we we you know we made it we made it at least so far, right, Tyler? I mean I'm I'm kind of fucking stunned I didn't get this disease. Knock on wood, um, <laughs> you know, like I'm kind of, it just seems like a worst case scenario situation. So, um, well, you know, I guess the hazmat suit worked. Yeah. yeah. But also, in addition, you know, you you took the precautions. You sort of tried to follow the guidelines as best you could, and uh, a lot of us did have to improvise. I don't know if you remember uh, when we were first talking about masks, uh, we quickly ran out of N95 masks for the general public, and then the big argument became, like, well, is cloth mask even worth it? And this is part of the learning curve thing, is that, yeah, we found out it might make a difference in terms of spreading it if you have it. Uh, But if you also remember, so many things were unclear. And one of those uh, battles, scientific battles, was can this virus be shed and spread by asymptomatic individuals, uh, people who have yet to to show signs and symptoms? And uh, lo and behold, yeah, it was the worst of the worst. It's very good at that. And uh, we're just on our heels from the very beginning. Uh, And people knew, a lot of people Let's put it this way. I don't think anybody knew, but they really suspected this could get really bad. And so we talked about flattening the curve and um, trying to break the chain of transmission. Uh, China succeeded uh, in in flattening that curve, but their methodology was pretty brutal. And 
other countries couldn't duplicate that, wouldn't duplicate that. And yeah. you can see um, how things have, have shaken out because of that. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Yeah. At the, the confusion at the first part that uh, we just didn't know. It's going to be like SARS. And then we found out, no, each one of these guys is its own story, and this one is a little bit different. And uh, not very satisfactory when you're trying to come up with a, here is our plan. And that's, that was a very difficult part of the whole situation that we had to improvise. Yeah, you know, yeah the, the, the realization <coughs> that asymptomatic people could pass it on, that's, that's when it became like this fucking like zombie movie type situation where it was like, just because someone looks fine, you don't know. They might be spraying the fucking virus everywhere on everyone. So it's like, trust no one. You can't trust anybody. You don't know... Um, you know, and I, I was saying, you know, a lot, you know, I'm fairly young. Maybe I would have been fine if I had gotten it or whatever. But to me, I was telling somebody I knew who did get it. It's like part of the issue, I think, would have just been this, the, the, this, like, okay, you're already sick with this disease or whatever. And then you also probably, I know I would, have in the back of my head, like, am I going to fucking die? Like, am I going to be one of the people who tomorrow I need to fucking go to the hospital and, and I'll be dead in a week? You know what I mean? It was like that. That's yeah, yeah. not like when you get the flu and you're like, oh, I feel like shit, but I'm not going to fucking die. Um, this this was like you get sick with this thing. I think the stress of that alone, even if even if they were like, no, no, you're probably going to be fine or whatever. It's like I won't really be sure of that till later. Now, the other worrisome thing we've seen develop this year is the long haulers, um, which is just uh, my buddy – some of the listeners of the show may know him, Big Train, uh, guy I knew in, in, uh, in Syracuse. He got COVID um, back in December, right before the holidays. So real, real heartbreaker there. Uh, he's fine now. Well, he's not fine now, actually. That's the plus what made me think of him. He's a long hauler now. He's got, he's got all kinds of lingering issues uh, three months later from the, from the virus. So, I mean, the only hope I have... Well, I, I, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I'm hopeful for those folks because my understanding is what I saw like an expert say on TV was like once they get this thing under control, the pandemic, then they can circle back around and try and help out these long haulers because clearly, well, I tell you, there's like 33 million people who got the virus. Um, if even just 10% of those people uh, are having like debilitating symptoms still. You're talking about three three point three million people who who have lung damage, can't you know have trouble breathing. Um, you know, some people say they wake like they go through these bouts of like profound fatigue. Um, you know, all kinds of just all kinds all kinds of weird, mysterious, um, lingering ailments that come from this. Uh, that you don't you, you they do talk about it on TV, but you really don't hear all that much about it, um, the long haulers, but it's worrisome. That's part of the other thing where it's like, shit, if I get this, okay, so maybe I won't die, but, but, but I might spend the next three years with a persistent cough that won't fucking go away. Or, or like every six weeks I'll wake up and I won't be able to get out of fucking bed for like three days. You know, who, who knows? Um, what do you, what do you make of this long hauler stuff? This is a really, um, vexing problem because it's hard to figure out what has exactly gone wrong. And uh, one of the things that this virus can do is affect a lot more 
than just the respiratory system. And so the, one of the worries, one of the, if you remember when we talked uh, initially, uh, heart and kidney uh, malfunction because of this infection. Uh, yeah. it, it's got really, it's going to become a specialty unto itself, I think, uh, not unlike uh, people that have the chronic myeloencephalitis, uh, formerly known as chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, in this particular instance, we have an advantage, and that is that we understand what the precipitating event was, where with uh, chronic fatigue, we, we didn't quite know what, what set this off. But even with that, uh, treatment is unclear, and the outcomes are, are murky. And, and I think you're absolutely right, Tim. It's like uh, the, uh, it, the agent is unpredictable. Uh, uh, and if we have a large component of the population, uh, particularly young people, afflicted with uh, this uh, long hauler syndrome, it's, it's like they died uh, even though they're still alive if they can't function, if they can't take care of their families, their children. Uh, it, it's almost like a death sentence to them yeah. if you're just so debilitated, like you say, you can't, can't breathe, uh, you know, or you're, you're chronically uh, unable to work. Uh, boy, what a, what a horror. And, and you know, here we are. This is all now being discovered. And, of course, could not really be predicted reliably before the fact. And, and certainly if somebody gets the disease, you know, your prognosis uh, can range from grave to, well, we don't know. Uh, and this, this is where we are with this beast. Uh, it, yeah. It's uh, highly unpredictable. And that's the best you can say about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty it's it's just yeah it's just taking over our lives pretty much. That's the that's the crazy part. Um, and you know it's funny because well people I was talking about this with Tyler before we started the show, so we wrapped up like in uh, a Memorial Day weekend um, with a very tipsy on my end uh, final episode. <laughs> now, now it can be told, um, but the. Uh, it was the kismet, really. The timing was right because then in June, um, there was all this social upheaval um, around the George Floyd uh, murder and, and Black Lives Matter and everything. It was just like there wasn't any place for our kind of program at that time. At that time, um, so so we we wrapped up at a good time. Um, it's interesting to think about looking back because like the. I don't know how it was for you. We haven't even talked, actually, just for people who wonder. Like, Tyler and I haven't really talked, I don't think, till that, since that last episode, except for messaging on on uh, Twitter. But, um, I mean, the summer, I had a fantastic summer. I don't know how it was for you. Um, because I think it, it, it seemed like the, the stress of, of the virus had gone, had really gone down quite a bit, like June, July, August. So um, I probably had one of the best summers I've ever had. It was like I did all the all the tourist shit you can do in Massachusetts, all the esoteric tourist stuff with no crowds or anything. There was no no there was no tourists. <laughs> so it was like I went to Plymouth Rock. I went to Plymouth Plantation, Tyler. I was the only one there. It was amazing. It was me and and like two dozen people in Revolutionary War outfits pretending that it was. It's like, look, you can you can stop the fucking act. I'm the only one here. Like, where, where are we going for lunch? 
Um, so it was it, it was crazy, and and the, the the weird part was like how how wildly how it changed so quickly, where it was like okay. Like the summer, it seemed like everything was kind of getting back to this new. It was like this new normal. It's like okay, we can eat at restaurants. We got to eat outside. Um, the tables got to be super far apart. The waiter has to wear a mask. It was like all right, I can get kind of used to this shit. So, but then, then like the summer ended, and then it was like everyone was just like, oh, it's gonna come around again. Oh, it's gonna come around again. And I think, I mean, I have to look at the graphs and shit, and I'm pretty sure this is the, this is true. But it came back that I don't know, I guess that would be the second wave. The the you know, the November, October, November, December, January, that that was like turned out that was worse than what we thought really was really bad in March and April last year. Each each time you're right that we've we've had a lull, it's come back with more ferocity. And one of the things that uh, didn't happen that we needed to have happen was in that summer when we were kind of hoping that the virus would recede. Uh, and a lot of these respiratory viruses do drop down to a low nadir in the, in the warmer months. There's no question of that. Uh, we didn't break the back of the transmission. And so at that end of summer, which you're talking about at Labor Day, what we had was uh, a pretty considerable incidence of infection. And it's absolutely set your watch by it. You know, we didn't stomp it out. It's going to come roaring back. And, and sure enough, as we began to do the sorts of things we do after our summer vacations, uh, trying to send kids back to school, et cetera, um, we've set the stage, or the, actually the stage is set for the virus to, to break out. And um, yeah. w- just, just to be clear, we're not done yet, Tim. Okay? Well, There's, yeah, that's what you've been – You've been you've been warning me about in private that you've been this is like a horror movie like the like we're gonna do the big we're gonna be, do the big one year anniversary and then you're like oh Tim variants variants so what what is yeah. what do I need to know about these fucking variants dude because I well well I don't want to get into it just yet but I'm I'm I'm, I'm my mind is almost post pandemic here so I don't. <laughs> I don't want you raided on my fucking parade here. So, but but you are the Dr. Fauci of all of America. So, what what what's going on with these variants? Could they really be that bad? It's uh, we're in a foot race right now. Uh, we have the one known as uh, the UK variant B117, and it is um, it's becoming predominant. Uh, it actually was noted. Uh, in Great Britain, when they had um, some uh, pretty strict rules and regulations about uh, how people could conduct themselves in public, and the damn cases kept going up, and they, they couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. Well, lo and behold, this variant, uh, what's really going on, there are several variants, uh, and they're, they're known by different names and numbers, but UK and Brazil and South Africa are the, sort of like the, the easy handles on these guys. Uh, they are, uh, the virus is adapting to a new host, that new host being us. And yeah. they're better at infecting us. And this, this is what makes them uh, more dangerous is because they're so much more readily transmissible that it's harder to stay away from them. Uh, they also uh, may be a little bit more virulent 
And uh, the good news is that the, the vaccines presently in hand seem to uh, work, at, at least to a reasonable degree, to prevent uh, serious uh, illness, hospitalization, and death. But we're in a foot race now. And what we don't want to have happen is uh, the virus, the variant, to get out because they're so much faster um, before we can get more people vaccinated. We don't have enough people vaccinated yet. And the thing that you worry about with um, some states deciding to relax uh, the rules is that the virus may get ahead of us. And, yeah. uh, and in fact, the virus will easily outpace us in terms of, of the, the vaccines. Now, the, the situation is that we've done the right things, the smart things, in trying to prioritize who gets vaccinated, who is being vaccinated first. And so even though we're worried about the variant getting out or getting ahead of us, it's possible that if we can quickly move to vaccinate the most vulnerable and get that population well covered, that we may not have the death toll. Keep your fingers crossed that it could happen. But the worry is this thing gets out ahead of us and gets into the general population and infects many, many millions of uh, more people. Uh, We could end up having a lot of people dead. Uh, and, and here we are. You're looking at the finish line, you know, the vaccine being the finish line, getting getting good coverage with the vaccination. Uh, and so you're almost there and then to die. And, no, you know, come on. Uh, so people, I, I would say my advice, I don't know one's asked for it. I'll give it to you anyway. Uh, yeah. That would be if you've been diligent, continue to be diligent. Uh, keep uh, aware of the news. If they start talking about a sudden rise in cases, and variants, you probably want to redouble your efforts at, um, at being careful. And even yeah. with vaccines, the basic CDC recommendation is small groups, small groups, and, and you know, being mindful of who is vaccinated, who's at risk, when it's still a small group thing. And hopefully then maybe by the summer we'll be able to um, lighten up a little bit. But for now small groups, stay alert, and be ready because the variants are here. And and evolution is a real thing. The the virus is adapting to us very, very quickly. So this this is going to be our fate. But what's the difference? What's the difference? Just that it's more contagious now? The variant is more contagious? Yes. It's not like a whole different disease, though, right? It is not. It is not. Well, actually, there's talk. I mean, I guess technically it it could be. be, right? Yeah, and, and that what would happen is if it replicates better and faster and hits more tissues, uh, the disease could be more serious. But the, the really good news is that the vaccines seem to give us pretty decent protection against it. The next phase that you really worry about is a variant that crops up that can defeat the vaccine. And we're hoping, it turns out vaccine immunity, because it's so heavily targeted, and that's the, the really critical area, is actually better than natural immunity. And so, you know, we've got a a pretty good thing going here. Yeah. Uh, There's a a situation in Brazil, in Manaus, where they had a Mm -hmm. a large number of people get infected. It really got out of control. But they said, oh, it's going to end now because we're approaching herd immunity levels, say 75%. And so the virus just won't be able to get going. Well, Manaus had breakthrough. People who got infected before got infected again with the new variant which is a disaster, but 
uh, we're still talking about a, a population that's primarily not artificially vaccinated, that they, they acquired yeah. the natural immunity. So we've got Brazil, South Africa, UK, and others cooking out there. Each situation, each locality is going to be a little different. Uh, we don't know which virus will predominate, but um, these are they're nothing to be messed with because they, they appear to be quicker and, uh, and better able to get us. So dining at a, a restaurant, just walking through past the table, probably going to work for us with what we know now, but it could be that you have to be even more careful in the, in the future because of these damn variants. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. Well, you really, know. Put, a, you really put a damper on the, the next talking point, which I was going to get to here. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, hey, because I that's have, why you pay me the big bucks. That's right, because I have some exciting news and uh, many questions. Because I have got the jab, Tyler. I have been oh, no. vaccinated. <laughs> That's right. I I am I am vaccinated now. One shot so far uh, of the Pfizer. So I'm 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 almost post-pandemic. So oh. you know, all this talk of variants, <laughs> it's kind of a bummer for me. So, but I have many questions. Have you gotten the jab yet? Yes. Yeah, in fact, all right. I just got got my second one today. Oh, nice. Do you yeah, have the so Moderna saying, or the Pfizer? It's the Pfizer. I went to okay. uh, Cardinal Stadium, and uh, they have very, very nicely organized, well-organized system. Uh, it made it really easy. Uh, but we, we still one, – one good part is that you can do drive-through there, and they've got it all set up, but – uh, for people who don't have computers or don't have access to transportation or can't drive at night or something, it can be really tough. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're making real headway here, and the system they set up is is pretty good. And I understand the computer system is better. That was a nightmare at first, just just to be honest. But it's improving. And, every um, place was every place was uh, was terrible. I somehow lucked out in many ways, um, but. By virtue of my hideous lifestyle, uh, as everyone who listens to the show knows, I mean, come on, I, I live the life of Riley. So, turn, it, it tur- turns out, turns out, living the life of Riley is bad for you. And uh, I, I had, I have two comorbidities. What are the odds? So I, I'm, 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 I'm clinically, technically, by the slimmest, no pun intended, of margins, I, I am obese. Which even, even I was like. Get, get out of here, but but the the little the little math thing put me there, and uh, and of course you know I love my smokes, so I'm a smoker, so that put me at two, and I got to get in line, and uh, and I got the jab last Thursday. I also got Pfizer, so we're Pfizer friends, you and I. Mm-hmm. We we can compare notes. Um, now I don't know about you. I'm interested to find this out. But when I got the shot last week. Um, I felt maybe a little groggy the next day, but that was it. And everyone's always like, oh, my arm hurt. Well, of course your fucking arm hurt. They stuck a needle in it. Why does everyone <laughs> – people I talk to, they're like, I'm like, well, I'm like, how did it – how are you feeling? I feel okay except my arm hurts. Like, it's, that's not a mystery, dude. Like, that's where they gave you the fucking needle. Like, that's going to hurt. Like, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> so, so, yeah, so, yeah, that part for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I just felt kind of groggy. Uh, you just got the second shot today, you said? First thing in the morning. Okay. So you, you're kind of, because I don't, I, what do you, what have you heard about the second Pfizer shot? Uh, I heard the Pfizer, second Moderna's brutal. That's, that's, uh, we know a number of people that have gotten it. And Pfizer, relatively few complaints. Moderna, a couple of people we know have been sick, but my wife is, in fact, reacting to the second Pfizer shot tonight. And uh, so we'll see how that goes. All right. Yeah. Um, so um, uh, for me, nothing uh, so far. But, you know, maybe tomorrow I will have to report back that uh, I've a reaction. It, it's not, you know, with the influenza, something a lot of people are familiar with. Those shots, uh, people tend to react to them. And I used to even tell the students when they would call up, you know, make sure that, that it's not severe, it's not serious, because there, there can be serious reactions that you want to respond to medically. But um, if it's the run-of-the-mill uh, sort of uh, malaise, uh, you know, feeling uh, like you, you've got a minor cold or maybe that you got the flu, uh, you could even tell them, well, no, that's what we intended, that the, the body is reacting as, as we want it to, uh, provided yeah. it's out of hand, you know. But um, it's... Uh, it's it's uh, nothing to be trifled with, uh, and the, we do have, I, I don't know, they give you that little app thing, you sign up for the app to report your uh, condition and whatnot. Oh, they didn't give me any of that. that. No, okay. no, no, no. You should be able to um, report an adverse event. That should be in the documentation that you have. But there's also All right, a little, yeah, the card. Um, yes, the card. You, and then, isn't the card awesome? Uh, the card is so cool. I, I got to say, like, like, people, get the fucking vaccine. If you can get the vaccine, get it. Like, anybody who's like, oh, I'm not sure, just get it. You're going to get it eventually. Just get it. it <laughs> you feel, it's not like a physical thing, but I don't know about you, Tyler, but, like, like, as you could have tell probably from the music, I feel fucking great. Like, I feel like this weight has been lifted off my shoulders. You know, I got to play it safe for the next few weeks. I got to get that second shot in about 10 days. And then play it safe for like a few more weeks after that, but then I ought to be relatively in the clear. So it's it's yes. a it's a great feeling. It's a really good feeling. Um, yes, it, you know, it really it's, is. It's it's nice. <laughs> I can finally and, uh, see out of this tunnel, and it's like, wow, this is going to be great. Well, hopefully, hopefully the the most um, affected population, which tends to be the elderly, uh, will be well covered. And so we'll be able to reduce the death take of this thing and the mayhem at hospitals because that sort of overtaxing of the medical system has cost other people their lives and health. Because if you can't get uh, things treated that you need to be, you know, heart attacks, whatnot, strokes, because people are afraid to go in, uh, that's going to cause, you know, ancillary consequential damages. And we'll get past that. Plus, given the medical practitioners a frickin' break, you know, I mean, it's been remarkable what they've accomplished. And a lot of people said, no, when we have this pandemic, uh, you know, they will absent themselves from the job. And, and just the opposite happened. These, these people have gone to heroic lengths to, to do the best they could and, and help people who were dying and uh, without their families do everything they could to, to ease that. I mean, it's just got to take such a remarkable emotional toll on them. Uh, so hopefully, 
uh, yeah, we will have a big burden lifted in, in general. I, I think you're right to feel that way. Uh, taking the vaccine, getting it, we know that there's going to be uh, people that won't. Uh, some can't, you know, so those of us that can uh, probably should. Uh, it's been the politicization, politicization of the process has been disappointing, uh, baffling, but uh, that's where wow. we are, you know. Can you, uh, is that the virus or is that just cigarette smoke? That's just that's just the live O'Reilly. Uh, there you go. Um, but Zach Copley, he wants to know. I think he's. Uh, I guess he just could go to both of us. But he, any concerns about long-term adverse side effects? Um, no, I don't. I mean, look, this is kind of my perspective on shit. Like, like I said before, I, 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 I would have got this any time they uh, available. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be able to get it. I I have no, I don't know. I just don't. I I can't worry about that. Like I thought to myself that night after I got the vaccine, like I have no fucking idea what they put into me today. Like you could, <laughs> you could, yeah. you could give me a list of all the shit that is in the vaccine, and it would mean anything to me anyway. Um, you know. And, and instead of being worried about it, I looked at it the other way. Where like I just try to be excited about it in a sense where it's like I've got this exotic cocktail of drugs and advanced technology coursing through my fucking body, um, you know, ready to fight the coronavirus if the fucker tries to get me. Like, let's do it. Let's not. I don't want to even have that showdown. But should that happen, I'm, I'm protected against it. I don't know what, like, I mean, I don't want to, like, sound like an asshole, but I put a lot of worse shit in my body, my body than whatever they, whatever, they, whatever they jabbed me with. So to me, it's like, this, that's just the way of life. If I want, I want to be able to enjoy life the way it used to be, and um, I'm going to do my part and get the vaccine, you know? Because the other part yeah. to me is, and we talked about this, Tyler, there was a big thing. <clears throat> I mean... A, you can answer this question. The, like, are there possibility for long-term adverse side effects? Because that's one question. To me, I was saying to somebody else the other day, the, I have to imagine that they've, they've been, like, really careful about this because um, if this thing, we were talking before about they, did, they, they botched some vaccine, like, back in the 70s. And it's like, look, if they fuck this vaccine up, dude, no one's going to get a vaccine ever again. Like, like, like this is yeah. the most typed up vaccine ever. And if all of a sudden everybody who got the Johnson and Johnson, we'll use them as examples since we're Pfizer friends. Um, if gets that, the uh. fucking drops dead tomorrow or something, then people will be like, I ain't getting any of that shit. I'm not getting any fucking vaccine. So it's like they they know better than to screw everything up. But like, what could a long term side effect even be? You know, am I gonna grow a fucking tail? Like what? What could possibly be a, a long-term side effect from this, from the from the vaccine? Well, actually, the first thing I'd say is that Zach's question is a very solid one, mm -hmm. and it's something that um, has, in fact, been considered. Uh, now, to the degree that we can, that's not going to make him feel uh, warm and fuzzy, I'm sure. But if you remember back when um, the vaccine trials. We're proceeding apace. This is like October-ish. Yeah. Um, 
and there was a push to, you know, hey, let's get this out, let's get this out, let's get this out uh, from political direction. Uh, the companies, and I think Dr. Fauci also, basically uh, dug in their heels and said, no, we can't possibly release this, a request. Um, it's actually not approved. It, it's being used, these are being used under emergency use authorizations, which is a little bit different than formal approval. Uh, but we can't go forward until we have studied the cohort that we vaccinated for adverse events for nothing yeah. less than 60 days. Now, that, was, um, that number was chosen because in the past, uh, typically if there's a problem, like with influenza, Guillain-Barre syndrome, and some other things, uh, they typically crop up within that initial 60-day period after administration at almost all known uh, okay. incidences of problems. Now, the, the difficulty is sometimes pinning this down uh, to the actual uh, original insult, you know, the, the vaccine, and then this happened. But in this case, you know, they were following, and so we're pretty, um, pretty careful in, in diagnosing. So that, that is in our favor, that they, they would not go forward. The companies, I agree with you, Tim, the companies know if they mess this up, not only do they, they not get the effect that they want, they're done. They're done. Yeah. Okay? They're yeah. ruined for all time. And so they were uh, obviously very motivated at every level to get this correct. So, and, uh, uh, so I would say what, what could be the long-term issues? Uh, actually, someone, uh, some very intelligent friends uh, were wondering, like, well, what about autoimmune induction? And, uh, you know, going through talking about, well, uh, typically what you, you're balancing here is uh, you artificially, uh, through a liposome, put an RNA into some muscle cells, and it's expressed for a while, but not permanently. And those cells uh, basically will, will die, but they will produce the protein and cause the reaction. Uh, and muscle yeah. turned over uh, pretty, uh, actually pretty rapidly compared to some tissues. Uh, it's harder to imagine that letting the natural virus find you and have its way with you and do all the things in all the different tissues is going to be less threatening than that. I mean, okay. That's, I that's what I would say is a natural yeah. infection. This is, you know, you're going to balance the two, which, which one do you want? Uh, there are risks with both, but, for me, the calculation was pretty easy. I'm a lot yeah, more afraid of that virus. Well, I, I don't want the virus to find me and, and you know destroy my heart or the brain or something. Yeah, uh, exactly. Even if I survive, never be the same. So uh, yes, it it has been looked at. We've used uh, past history as a guide, but then you could come back and, and say, but Tyler, you just spent a long time telling us we had this long learning curve. And we have these other situations that we do not comprehend, the long haulers. You know, how can you guarantee? And this, the short and glib answer is, uh, I can't. I, I can't guarantee success. I can't guarantee that, that you know, something bad uh, that we haven't. This, the, the, the euphemism is unanticipated adverse event will crop up. I don't think it will. 
but and I, I personally put my money where my mouth is. I, I gambled on that myself. And uh, yeah, yeah, hey. I think that's a, the better option right now. Uh, fingers crossed. Exactly. I think I probably had about 10 seconds of, of thought when the guy finished asking the questions and was like, all right, you ready? I probably paused for about 10 seconds. I looked at the doctor and I, I legitimately said, I just looked at him and I went, fuck it, let's do it. And he, <laughs> he fucking gave me the shot. I was like, let's go, brother. I'm jumping off this fucking plane and we'll see where it goes. You know, that's kind of my attitude. Uh, you know, I like how Zach says long, like you're saying like 60 days is kind of like, you know, you're, I guess because Zach says like long-term side effects. Like that was the kind of question I probably should have thought of in the 10 seconds before I said fuck it. But, <laughs> you know, long-term it, 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 it is – hard to kind of gauge like he he mean you're saying like if, if there were going to be any side effects uh we'd know about it within the first like 60 days or something like that so it's not necessarily something i should be worried about like two or three years from now where it's like but yeah i guess you really don't know right you really don't know with this stuff so, no you're the test case tim uh yeah. that's what it comes down to but uh, yeah zach says like years long... out yeah that's what i'm saying too well, yeah you... It's not the it's not the same, but but they're analogous. That we've had good experiences with uh, basically inactivated, live attenuated virus vaccines uh, that we've given uh, even to children, and uh, and so we can see that uh, for the known uh, events that, that do uh, crop up, we typically see those in a relatively short time period. That's why they came up with that. No, we've got to wait. You know, the, the sixty days I think was the, the time yeah. period. Uh, that um, uh, we've seen, you know, it's based on past experience that may or may not uh, give us a perfect uh, look into the future. Uh, but uh, really, to do less, we don't. We have some monoclonal antibodies. This is a perfusion therapy. Uh, the chloroquine did not perform the the way that we had hoped it would. Uh, many people felt that it, it had to work and didn't. Uh, we yeah. don't have very many options here. And, yeah, I mean, look, uh, some people are drinking bleach. But you can't do that shit, folks. So, well, not, so. for, not <laughs> in the sustainable. Uh, yeah. So. Um, it's, yeah, Tim, I mean, it's there's no question. It's, it's unsettling. It's unsettling. Yeah, well, like, this, look, this, this whole time. fucking year has been, ever since this thing came up, and I'm, and I'm not trying to be glib here, but it's like ever since this all came up, it's like it's just man, like life is a matter. This is all we're living in a matter of life and death situation here, you know. It's kind of like uh, it brought home everybody's mortality to them in a sense, and it was kind of like you you had to make some fucking tough decisions, and everybody has. Yeah. It's very dispiriting. I read this today, so I made this great observation. This like we were plunged into this fucking hell together. Everybody was plunged into this together a year ago. Um, but now we all got to find our own way out of it. And we're on our own, pretty much. Or you're with your loved yep. ones or whatever. But you got to get yeah. your ass out of this fucking mess. And it's like, if you don't want to do anything, that's that's your call. <laughs> like, I don't know. That sounds like a long and arduous path to me. Um I I I always said I'd get the vaccine as soon as I could get it. And as soon as I could get it, I got it. So um, I've, what's stunning to me is that here we are a year later, 
it's pretty fucking crazy. A year, almost. It's kind of neat that you got your second shot today, because like a year almost to the day after we did that first show, you're already double vaccinated. You just got to wait a couple of weeks to have it all kick in, and I'm about four weeks away. So it's like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Like this pandemic came, it did this this uh, unfathomable amount of damage to the country and the world, and. Uh, Within a year, year, year later, almost to the day, we're pretty much kind of uh, starting to crawl our way out of this. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's well, pretty, pretty wild. We talk about wild. I agree, uh, and I think that um, I can't remember what we discussed uh, about uh, how long before a vaccine would be available. Uh, if you had said, "No, Tyler, you, you got to tell me right now." Will we be vaccinating people uh, in November, December, you know, uh, of that of 2020? I would have said, in absolutely no way do I expect right. that. And, and I'll tell you, I wouldn't have bet a dime that the Moderna I, product would succeed. Uh, seriously. Uh, and the I'd have to go back and listen had... to those episodes because I'm sure we speculated on when the fuck we'd be able to get a vaccine. And I bet you we said yeah. something I, something like in a couple of years, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. 18. I think maybe I, I want to say we were kicking around 18 months, something like that. It, but it turned out to it, be less uh, than a year. It, it did. And that, that is a, a miracle, an absolute miracle. Now, one of the things that, that people were saying, and I actually got into it over um, an NPR report about uh, the RNA vaccines, we'll, we will have uh, something ready in six weeks, and arguing with the reporter that, no, dude, that doesn't mean there's a vaccine in six weeks. That means they're ready to start testing this stuff. Yeah, that, That's yeah. what they're saying. You guys, you're, you're talking across purposes. You're not communicating here. And uh, what you're doing is repeating uh, company talking points. But, um, you know, I'll tell you, Tim, uh, first of all, the the Operation Warp Speed succeeded beyond uh, expectations. And that was a great move. And, uh, you know, here we are uh, because, uh, you know, we tried these new technologies. And the first one that worked happened to be these new far out technologies. uh, RNA uh, virus uh, products that had never really been commercialized before. And look where we are. I mean, this yeah. this is an incredible effort. On, on, I think that's what freaks of, people out, though, because like, they're like, okay, there's no way they got this right in the, like so fast. You know what I'm saying? I think I, that's what freaks them out. Or they think that this is all – the conspiracy people point to that, and they're like, "Yes, see, they had it in the warehouse all along. This is the, this is the plan. Now they're gonna put a microchip in you." And it's like, F- motherfucker, if I have a microchip in me, that's awesome. That is awesome. If I have a microchip in me, what are you fucking crazy? I'm like a bionic man. So, so, so for all you people that are like, "There's nanobots in it." Guess what, bitch? There's nanobots in me now. I'm fucking transhuman, all right? So, so welcome to the new world, all right? You people without nanobots, you're not even, you don't even know what's going on. We, we, we got nanobots in us. So, fuck yeah. Pretty soon we'll be able to, like, control the Internet with our minds and shit. So, you know. 
<laughs> it writes itself, Tim. See, you just got to turn it around on the conspiracy theorists. Then, get, then they get jealous. So they're like, shit, maybe I need a microchip in me. This guy's, this guy's got, got it all figured <laughs> out. Got powers. Oh, well, anyway, oh man. Uh, now, what is this? <laughs> have you heard? Have you heard about this AstraZeneca vaccine problem over in Denmark? Uh, there's some yes. blood clots, and what, what do you know yes. about that? Because uh, Zach asked us about that, and I want to know too. It, it is not clear what is going on. They're trying to establish uh, whether there is a, a causal link. The, the situation is very serious, if true. And so they're, they're um, looking at it very, very carefully. And um, I forget, Denmark and, and, oh, gosh, I can't remember now. But um, this is one of those things where if you, if you start applying it to a large number of people, uh, things will happen. And the question becomes, you know, are they causally linked? And that, that can be really difficult to tease out. So yeah. we'll, um, we'll have to await uh, further investigation, and they will look at it very thoroughly. Uh, but it is entirely possible that uh, this guy could be off the product, could be off the rails for weeks until it's been sorted out. So if you, re- if you recall that there were some problems with the initial um, uh, tests, the actual um, trial, where uh, some of the stuff didn't, they didn't give them the right dose. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, and that, that's Vaguely. the kind of thing that, that the FDA could basically say, uh-uh, start over and do it right this time. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's this is uh, for approval. It, it could kill you, kill the kill the product. So we don't anyway, even have AstraZeneca are, here, right? I actually, it's no. sort of a yes and no. My understanding is, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, it 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 is in warehouse, I think, uh, and awaiting approval for you. Yeah, that's what I, I meant. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to be like so, that. I just meant like that. Yeah, because there's only. The three kinds: Pfizer, Moderna, and the J and J. So, yeah, I, and yeah, I don't know. This is people. I've seen people say this exact same thing, and maybe you can kind of explain it uh, if you know it. But to me, like I feel we got the the top of the line. We got the Pfizer. Um, to me, there's something psychological about how you need the two shots, and with the J and J, you only need the one shot. To me, it's like. Well, that must suck then. If you don't get the two shots, you got to get the two. You got to get two shots. That's how it works. So if you're only getting the one shot, I feel like you're getting like diet vaccine, like you're getting not as good as not a good vaccine as as the as the two shotters. Is that accurate, or am I just a complete lunatic? Well, it, yes and no. Uh, the okay. uh, the situation is that you get the most complete uh, uh, reaction with Pfizer and Moderna if you do the prime basically the, the first and second, you know, so you do prime and finish. And uh, that's, that works the best. And that hits their, their desired targets. And that's where they, they actually do the rating. But remember, each, each product is a little bit different. So Johnson & Johnson is a different philosophy on how to, to be a vaccine. It's fundamentally a different mechanism altogether. And so yeah. they, they, they work differently is what it comes down to. And so what they do is when they, they start the, the first round of testing, is they, they look to see what, what kind of response they get. Uh, it, it's tricky. It's tricky because uh, you've got to do uh, sort of like analog tests of how well the antibody works. And uh, right now we, we predicate everything on antibody, but uh, there's a deeper, there, there's more to the immune response than just that. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're different, but, you know, they're, they're going after the same uh, targets, they're very similar targets. 
uh, and uh, yeah. doing ultimately the same thing. So um, close enough, good enough. Yep. This and so one and done. We'll we'll succeed with Johnson and Johnson. I, I mean, there's right. no question about that. I'm gonna stick to the double shot. I like it. I like the Pfizer. <laughs> well, you're already committed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm a team Pfizer. So, um, do you expect? It seems like it's probably going to be. I'm hearing that, like, well, I know because the guy told me. This uh, this is a funny story too, because like I got the card, and it's a little flimsy card, and I'm like, said to the guy, I'm like, should I laminate this? And he's like, no, no, don't do that. They got to fill up. They got to fill up the rest of the card. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, oh shit, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but then he pointed out, he's like, and don't do it after the second shot because if if you look on your card, everybody, uh, you'll see there's two spaces under the two shots. Those are for boosters. So do you think it's going to yep. be a thing where we need to get a booster every year now? I'm afraid it will be. Yeah. Uh, seriously, the uh, that's fine. The big... I don't really care. Big issue with the, the variance and uh, the speed of the virus versus the speed of our ability to protect people uh, suggests that we're going to have uh, periodic little mushrooms of, of events to me. And, and, and we'll see how this plays out. But I'm looking at it as, you know, uh, places like Manaus and other places uh, could have uh, uh, these things crop up very suddenly. Uh, the EK, uh, sometimes called EK, where the, we have, that's just the, the nomenclature that they use for the amino acids. Uh, the, um, those substitutions uh, change the, the charge of the, of the virus and change the shape of the protein, and so antibodies have trouble recognizing, recognizing that. Um, the old antibody basically won't work as well. Uh, we may see yeah. some viruses that manage to solve uh, the, um, the situation, so-called immune escape viruses. That's what I really fear. And at that point, where we're going, here's what the plan is going to be. What they will yeah. do is a system of surveillance, and they will they will constantly sequence, surveil, look. Hey, we've seen more cases out here. What's going on? Uh, possibly have like a go team to go and get samples, but um, and then look at them and figure out what is evolving. That yeah. will, uh, information will be uh, sent forward to Moderna, uh, Pfizer power of the RNA virus, the power of these viruses or vaccines, is that they can be made very quickly. And now that we yeah. know that they basically work, nominally safe, uh, we're getting versus authorization. But if need be, we can have uh, these vaccines out there, uh, boosters out there, to cover the people who are the most vulnerable. We'll, we'll start to reproduce the process. But this could become more like a flu situation, a seasonal flu situation, where we're constantly yeah. surveilling. We will never, never, Tim, be able to just let this die and go back to normal because it won't. It will always be out there cooking. We're going to have to But it'll be a bit it. like at the risk of sounding like those people when this whole thing started, but it'll be more like the flu, right? Essentially, it's kind of what yes. the – it, and that's that's our, our long-term hope. People talk about, well, it'll just go endemic, and we have herd immunity. Uh, we got to watch this beast because uh, it it may, if we let it go, if we're not careful and we let it just sort of simmer at a high yeah. enough level, uh, we may find one of these damn variants is not what we wanted to, to see. And in that regard, I say 
uh, it's not quite the same. This this is a whole new deal. It's evolving. That's that's what's going on here. And uh, okay, now we this need is to... good. Go ahead. We need to what? No, no, right. we just need to. We need to keep an eye on it. Well, they'll be doing that. <laughs> they'll they'll there'll be people who I assure, assume are going to do that. Hopefully, um, assume nothing. Put it in the yeah, I know. If this year taught us anything, yeah. It. Now, this is kind of a simple question in a way, but it's kind of one of those questions I think that maybe other people wonder too. But it's like, okay, Tyler, explain this to me, science man. They can get a vaccine for this fucking disease in less than a year. Why isn't there a vaccine for HIV? Why isn't like why why you you yeah now you were an Alzheimer's doctor for a long time like why. Why are all these cancer? Like, why are these other diseases? Why are they so indecipherable? But this one we can figure out in a year. Uh, in in one sense, uh, it was uh, cooperative. In that, I mean, it the um, the SARS-CoV-2 is is elusive, and and it does yeah. things in the patient. Uh, all viruses do, but uh, HIV, in comparison is really infinitely slipperier. And so if you want to think about it, what we've spent a lot of time doing and assessing and sweating over is can we make patients develop antibodies that will neutralize any infecting virus and stop it from spreading, uh, possibly even stop it from infecting? With HIV, the typical patient is actually discovered when they mount the antibody response. This is when they talk about HIV positive. And so they look for mm-hmm. patient antibodies. And those antibodies protect them not one bit. This virus sneaks around from cell to cell, uh, gets after and gets into the key T helper lymphocytes and destroys them. It takes down the immune system from the inside out. And so to, there are strategies that we can use and are using to uh, mitigate uh, possibility of infection, to really vastly decrease it. But once the virus gets in, it's harder, it, well, no, it's impossible to stop it in the standard way. And so yeah. that's why what's happened is we have treatments to control to some degree the infection in uh, people who have it, but we've spent a lot of time working uh, to uh, break the chain of transmission of this agent. And one of the, one of the things that has been very, very um, helpful is that the new generation protease inhibitors, the, the cocktail that we use, uh, there's a, a movement out there. You may see, every now and then you may see a poster for this, U equals U. And that stands for undetectable equals untransmissible. And so the thought is that we identify as many infected individuals, those are the reservoirs for future HIV yeah. infections, treat them with the new generation uh, protease inhibitors and other um, anti-retroviral uh, therapies, drive down the level of the virus to such a low level that it can't be transmitted and break the chain of transmission that way. And there's a real possibility that we will get that virus beaten down to uh, ridiculously low levels, but it will not be a vaccine approach. We can't do it. Yeah. Not working. All right. Interesting. Okay. And the other things are just, you can't really, you can't get a vaccine for, like, cancer, can you? Uh, some. 
We have. I guess uh, yeah, it, yeah. They have an eight. Don't they have like one for HPV? Something involving that or something? That's HPV uh, was one of the first that was uh, primarily for uh, cervical cancer was the initial target, but also hepatitis B, and uh, yeah. which has a considerable uh, cancer burden in, in the world. Uh, we uh, are able to prevent that one very effectively with uh, vaccination. So uh, yeah, we have a couple. They're, they're preventative. There are some attempts to uh, go after uh, the um, cancers with uh, monoclonal antibodies, not a standard sort of uh, immunity uh, sort of therapy, but nonetheless based on uh, immune reactions. And those give people real hope. So, yeah. Um, but you have to understand cancer is a little bit like virus when you say that. You're talking about a whole range of beasts with cancer. Yeah. And there's so many of them that at one point uh, we actually gave up on cancer. We we gave up. It was so complicated. Now, this is 40 years ago with Nixon's, 50 years ago, Nixon's war on cancer. We gave up. We despaired of understanding it and said, let's just get rid of everything in the environment that causes it. That's the so-called Delaney Clause and other issues. You know, red dye number two, out. We're not going to have that. You know, no atrazine, those sorts of things. Uh, because we were just really flummoxed by what was going on. Now we have a much better handle on getting after these things biochemically. And, uh, and so there are so many, Optivo being one of the, the uh, most recent ones you see quite a bit of uh, promotion for. So we're, we're getting there, but these are immensely complicated things. And so yeah. viruses are all the same, but they're all different. And that, that's the problem we have here. We gotta spread this stuff around. Let's put it on the Internet. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Great heavens. What kind of radio show is this? You talked about Operation Warp Speed, and God bless Vice President Pence and the Coronavirus Task Force. They did a great job. Um, and you talk about this, uh, this, this, how, that's kind of, in a way, I guess it's sort of a testament to science and what we can do if we really want to do it. Like that, they just completely just everybody kind of stopped everything and focused on fucking this virus, um, you know. And it's, I, I, I guess we've just kind of, kind of learned to begrudgingly live with these other diseases. And it's like, well, we just can't stop everything in the world and concentrate on fixing cancer. Maybe we would be able to cure cancer if, ever, like, if the entire fucking scientific community all got together and you know. And only focused on on that for like six months, but who knows? You know what I mean? It's well, an interesting idea in a sense. We've had uh, Nixon had the war on cancer, and then uh, Biden at one time Biden was did, talking yeah, about a moonshot, yeah. moonshot effort. Uh, and I think your point is well taken that that if we do get serious, and what that really often means is devote the resources money. to yeah. money to get people to uh, to get after these things, but. The other thing to keep in mind is that uh, there was groundwork done, decades and decades of basic research into uh, viruses, other things, uh, learning the hard way about HIV, vaccines, uh, all those things gave us a structure to build on. Uh, and one yeah. of the things that's very interesting is that the, the RNA vaccine uh, of Moderna, that concept was actually championed by an organization known as DARPA the Defense Advanced oh, Research shit. Projects Agency. Yes. And so oh, DARPA's boy. idea was we need something for these situations like um, Ebola, where we have to send people 
uh, into uh, missions where these new agents have cropped up. We've got to be able to figure that out and protect them very, very. And so uh, they said, yeah, this is one of the fastest ways that uh, we can go about that. Uh, initially, they, they really weren't thinking of spillover, I think, uh, for uh, civilian uh, uses, but it worked out that way. And so I, I've, I've been a, a heavy critic of DARPA and a lot of things that they've done, but this one paid off for the taxpayers, didn't it? And um, you can Did DARPA invent the internet? You know, yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, because that's the point I was going to make. I was going to kind of give you a little grief before you said you were going to – people are like – because even I said that when you were like DARPA. I'm like, oh, shit. But it's like everyone's always like, oh, DARPA's the this like a, like a supervillain, James Bondian supervillainy organization. But they keep making good shit that improves our lives. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> maybe we should be a little a little easier on DARPA. Because, uh, you know, they're inventing the Internet and vaccines and shit. It's like, well, all right, well, you know, keep keep at it and that with the robot dogs and whatever shit, whatever else you're fucking making there. Um, you know, good job. Good job, DARPA. So. It's, uh, yes, I mean, no question about it. Uh, and so, you know, we're the beneficiaries, uh, you and I, direct beneficiaries of uh, prior work, uh, work funded by them. Uh, it, it's sometimes when you think about what the actual scenarios that they were sort of envisioning, say, with the Internet, it's like, well, how do you keep communications going after the nuclear holocaust? Uh, it kind of gives you uh, pause, but some good things can come out of it. And um, yeah, we were, we were fortunate in this one. Uh, DARPA still does a lot of things that, that – uh, I'm not going to support, but I have to credit where credit is due, and credit where credit yeah. is due for Operation Warp Speed uh, and the previous administration and, and their ability to uh, get those people together and get it going. You know, so that that was exactly. So so far tonight, I've I've revealed to the world that I got the vaccine, and I've now praised DARPA. So I'm probably going to be kicked out of the paranormal community within an hour or two uh, because well, no, because this, you'll be like. This should increase your status, okay? I mean, the chip alone, the chip alone is going to get exactly. you. I don't know how many, you know, how many articles and interviews and whatnot. Yeah. The microchip. I'm bionic now, and it's exciting. People should, you know. I didn't think about that till tonight when I was saying that to you, but now that it's dawned on me, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So the people who are like, oh, this is, oh, this microchip, fuck you. This is great, you know. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, the, my problem is that well before I, I got the Pfizer vaccine, is is whoever needed to track me could definitely do it with my iPhone, which I volunteered to carry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so. You know, I don't go anywhere without it. So, uh, yeah, we're all victims of our own. Well, it's really the things were really like. I, I remember doing the show with you last year, and uh, I was really shaken because we got it so bad here, like in April and uh, May here in Massachusetts. It really kind of it really shook me. I was pretty uh, I don't want to say traumatized or anything like that, but I was pretty like shaken by the sheer amount of death we were seeing and how it wasn't happening any really in a lot of other places in the country. And it was like, don't you people see like, this is, 
that like until you've experienced this, you won't really understand that this is really really bad. Um, and then it got then when we had that crazy, the second wave, the the holiday wave. That's when it was like everybody got it and they could kind of see. I mean, I think at some point, I want to say I'd have to look at the stats, but at some point there was like they were averaging like three thousand deaths a day. Um, you know, oh, I think sure. when it peaked. Yeah. So, yeah. and to me, it was like there's a really, it's just, it's scary in a way. I guess it's human nature, but uh, you look at, like, how people, they just adapt to this. They adapt to the horror of it. That's the that's the fucked up part. Like, and I saw it a little bit last year in Massachusetts, but it, it kind of got across the whole country and shit, where it's like 3,000 people a day died, and it wasn't, people were used to it. It was like, this is like, this is wild, man. This is sad. Um, but I, I, I assume it's some kind of like collective coping mechanism where people can't, I think people had lost their shit for, for a year. They, <laughs> they were kind of like, just they shit it out. You know, the other thing is, I think your, your point is well taken about, um, we adapt and, and you do, you know, most of us have to have jobs and, and go out there and, and earn money. And, and so we find out ways that, that we could do that. Where the risk is, uh, you know, we're not crazy. Uh, we're, we're doing what we can, but we also recognize that um, it's a bad situation. But we are uh, adaptable. We are. Um, yeah. We're also pretty good at denying things. You know. Yeah. Maybe that's a. Yeah, there's definitely that. There's definitely a. Yeah, a delusional denial in some places and some mindsets who are just like, I'm over it. It's like, it's like, well, it's not over you, dude. Like this thing's still, still going. So yeah, you know it's funny though. Uh, when when I was uh, growing up, the the Vietnam War was uh, was raging, and they um, every Thursday, I remember the, the news they would they would post the casualties, and yeah. it was numbers, and, and I can remember weeks when 500 people plus would would die, not just the wounded, but uh, total casualties, but dead. And there's this unreal aspect to it until one of the neighborhood kids got yeah. killed. And I think that's also, it's it's not real. It's just a number until, like, your grandmother passes away or then somebody down the street dies, um, you know. And, and so we can, 300 million-plus people, uh, we a lot of stories can be told, obviously, and a lot of suffering. But um, it takes a while to build up to the point where you really do know a few people who have been affected. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I can remember with the Vietnam War very, um, very clearly that um, just about everybody, all the kids in my neighborhood, ultimately had to deal with it in some way because they had to get around, navigate the draft system. Yeah. And that's when it really started to hit home for uh, people, and I think that's when the war turned, is it just kept growing and growing and growing until finally it just got too big to to say, oh, we, we're going to keep going, you know. Anyway, yeah. that's, that's all in the past. Well, it's similar to, yeah, I know you kind of took the thought right out of my head, as scary as that sounds, but, um, yeah, one thing that, that coronavirus-related thing that happened 
to me this year was, uh, God rest his soul, my Uncle Stu died uh, of COVID. So, like you were saying, you don't really – it becomes a lot more real when you actually know someone that's died. Like I see people yeah. online, they spout, their, they spout off, and it's like, look, dude, until you know somebody that died of this, like maybe that will wake you the fuck up. That this is like this is like real, this is real, man. Um, you know, and he was like in a nursing home, and uh, he had a lot of ailments and shit. And it was like as soon as you knew, uh, as soon as we heard that he had COVID, it was like, oh no, because it's like that's the thing. If you're already sick, then it makes the, then then you're super vulnerable to this thing. And within yes. he got it, and then within a week he was dead. It was like that fast. It was like, oh, my God. And it was exactly like the, you know, the nightmare scenario that you hear from people who've experienced it. I I wasn't, like, super – like, I didn't experience, like, oh, the last time you see them is on FaceTime and shit. But it was it was that kind of situation, you know? And it's it, – I my heart breaks for my aunt and my cousins who had to experience that, Um you know, and it's it's real. It's I can tell you now, folks. Yeah. It is real. Um, there's there's a real um, visceral feeling when you're sitting in the fucking church and you're looking at the casket and you're like this. You see, I really was thinking this in the services. You see it on the news. You hear it on like you're saying. You see the numbers on the news. Right now, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at a fucking casket and that guy died from this. Like that's, you know. If that doesn't wake you up, I don't know what will. So it was a it was a powerful experience. Um, yeah, you know, it's just, it's tough. you know one of those things when you're um, a teacher, uh, you you end up trying to get people to um, learn from the benefit of your experience, and um, some people just have to really experience things personally before they can sort of take it in or change behaviors and whatnot. So uh, this is the way we are, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. So, but we're getting near to the, getting near to the finish line, so to speak, which is good. So now how, back to the, back to the vaccine. So, okay, so I got it. You're expecting you'll be locked in in like two weeks. Like what's the, what's the time frame on this? Cause I, well, you could tell me now, okay? So I need your assessment as as my <laughs> as the closest thing I have to a general practitioner. Um, can I? I'm getting the vaccine, the second dose, at the end of March, right? So this is March, March twenty yeah. fourth. So would I be safe to travel? You think in the middle of May? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because right. I already booked a trip. The CDC is is uh, recommending uh, essential travel only, uh, but their right. their basic goal is that they want to keep a lid on transmission as much as they can. Uh, right. But this in, is two months in terms now, of so. your personal risk, I think you'll probably be pretty good, unless a new variant pops up that they describe as breakthrough. If you start hearing the words breakthrough or immune escape, yeah. don't go anywhere. Yeah, that's what, of course, yeah. But um, yeah, and so basically, what they will tell you is two weeks after the second administration, uh, you're going to be peaked out and uh, you'd be in, in really good shape. Quite honestly, you're probably far better off now than you were a month ago. 
in terms of basic safety. Yeah. So um, you'll be uh, you'll be in good condition. But you know, again, uh, be careful. You know, distance, uh, masks when appropriate, when needed, all that sort of thing. Um, you'll be fine. And then um, if you're going to have uh, paramania or something, if everybody's vaccinated, uh, a small group, that would be uh, acceptable according to CDC guidelines. Uh, you just have to be mindful of who isn't vaccinated and who's at risk. And then, uh, yeah. you know, conduct yourself accordingly. Yeah, we'll see. Paramania may not happen until the fall probably. Um so if it happens this year, but we missed last year, so we're kind of fixing to do something. My yeah. trip w- will be uh, just a family trip, to, uh, so I will not be necessarily uh, really uh, causing too much trouble. But I'm gonna, we're going to be going down to New Orleans. <laughs> okay, as opposed For, uh, to your normal trips, you do cause trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's New Orleans. I mean, when you hear like, oh, but I was going to New Orleans, you're like, oh, shit. But I already did that. The guys in the chat room will remember that. that we, so this is actually I – I barely remember my weekend in New Orleans, so I want to do another weekend in New Orleans that I'll actually remember because uh, I really liked it a lot. Um, so, 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 yeah, I'll be heading to – and like earlier when I was like marveling at this great feeling – of getting the vaccine. Like, that's what I'm talking about, folks. Like, I got the first dose. I came home. I felt this incredible sense of euphoria. And I went right over to fucking Priceline. And I'm like, let me get oh. let me get some of them cheap fucking airline tickets. I'm flying round trip to New Orleans for $99. Like, are you shitting yeah, me? Yeah. Like, fuck. So, <laughs> I figure that there's going to be a lot of demand for those flights those flights and hotel rooms uh you know beginning around june july so might as well get a get a super treat cheap trip to new orleans in the mix uh if i can no i i understand and uh um i even respond to uh economic incentives like that myself uh one of the things that that could happen i, I don't know what the future is with this is and i'm gonna wear a mask over- and everything obviously like i'm gonna follow all oh. the yeah, yeah absolutely you know, but uh, one so. of the things that we may be facing for overseas international travel would be um, perhaps the, the vaccine card uh, to prove yeah. that you are, in fact, vaccinated. Because uh, the U.S., is, like it or not, we are a hot spot, and, and we have lots of cases. And so to, to land and, and have maybe a little bit easier time with uh, um, the, the um, rules and regulations there, Having a vaccine, proof of vaccination may become very important for us. And uh, like it or not, you know, that may be what it takes to easily travel uh, outside yeah. of the, the borders of the U.S. And this is like the most hypocritical sort of uh, like be careful what you wish for, but all type of things to say. But, you know, you hear people who are like kind of decrying what you're talking about where it's like oh you're gonna have to have a card to get in anywhere you're gonna you're gonna have to have the card to travel or you're gonna have to have the card to it's like yeah you know that that really bothers that would really bother me but i have the card so so to me it's like you know maybe someday i'll be i'll be cardless and I'll, i'll understand 
the the misgivings about about that kind of thing. But for now, my papers check out. So well, let, me, let me just you know you tend not to worry about it when you have the papers. Yeah, but but okay. So the objection is to a proof of vaccination document, right? Yeah. To travel. My yeah, you already need that to go to a lot of places in Africa and shit. Well, you know, exactly. What fucking planet do you live on? Go fly to France, <laughs> show up in Paris without a passport, and see what happens. Right. You know, I mean, come on. This is this is the way it is. You don't get across borders legally, you know, without these papers and documentations. You're absolutely right. There are uh, rules where uh, the organization, the, the uh, uh, border control people could say, you know, are you going into Amazonia? Do you have a yellow fever vaccine? You know, do you have proof of that documentation? And in principle, yeah. they could deny you entry, uh, you know, based right. on, on what you're able to show. That's been forever. Exactly. Well, so You know, if anything, now that you're chipped, you know, right through. Exactly. That RFID thing that. will just go off, and I don't even need to worry about it. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, it's... It's uh, it's all good. It's all good. It's it's just refreshing to be able to look ahead and plan things out, and uh, you know. Yes. It'll and be. We're gonna it, be able to. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens <clears throat> now. I mean, well, we won't really know much until. God bless him. Uh, people, the people who, who don't like what I talk politics, maybe even more. You're saying, God bless him. President Biden says that everybody will be able to get the vaccine, like starting in May or some shit. So it's like, presume. I think they're saying they want, you know, they want everybody to be at Benal goes to New Orleans by like July 4th. So, uh, you know, that's that's pretty good indication. I guess that would just kind of wait and see. Maybe there'll be areas of the country where it doesn't die down as much or as well or something like that. I guess that's kind of yes. what might happen. Yes. Uh, and a lot's going to depend on uh, how quickly there are um, – if, 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 in fact, we have uh, sudden swells in the infection and how quickly the public health authorities uh, move to reverse uh, situations uh, doing, I don't know, you know, mass mandates or uh, closing restaurants, whatever – uh, it takes, and, and I don't know that that's um, – we, we don't know that that's going to happen. But what has to be uh, part of this let's open up idea is also uh, – and let's keep an eye on it to see should we need to close down. And, and I'll give you an example. It's every freaking country in Europe. And what happened is uh, they, they had to clamp down even more severely uh, and have been in a, you know, a real lockdown mode since basically Christmas trying to keep ahead of this variant. And uh, so we're going to know, we're going to know a lot in a month, four weeks time. We'll, we'll either see the train coming or we'll, we'll, you know, be tentatively out there thinking, Hey, we're, we dodged a bullet. Uh, I'm thinking we're going to see the train coming and it's going to be just as you decided or described. It's going to be uh, dependent on what's done locally and uh, in a very heavy way. So let's see how it plays out, but it won't take long. Trust me on that. Yeah. So, and then the question becomes, well, I, how about this? It's an interesting sort of question. What do you think, like how, 
how much do you think everything's going to be changed going forward? Like, everybody wants to get, quote-unquote, back to normal, but it's like, I don't know if there'll ever be, uh, you know, now more than ever, people are like, oh, we're so close to being back to normal. It's like, I don't know when that really will be, when you'll be able to stop and be like, okay, this is kind of like what it was before the pandemic. There's some things you, you, you I don't see necessarily going back. Like, like they, I think I think companies have figured out that working from home is is cheaper and preferable, um, and people, a lot of people are happier. You know, some people some people are, some people hate it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that yeah, this yeah. a lot of the things that like this is really cheesy, but it's like I was joking about this back in November with Bruce Rux on the Rux Giving special. It's like uh, I fucking love how I can watch a movie that's supposed to be out in theaters. But all the theaters are shut down. I love how I can watch it at my house. Like I'm willing yes. to pay the twenty bucks, um, yeah. you know, or thirty or whatever. If it's like, like I will pay thirty dollars for the new Ghostbusters movie. I don't want to have to go to the theater and see it. Um, so I love yeah. that this is a, a thing now. And it's like, oh fuck! I really hope they don't go back. <laughs> I hope they don't go back <laughs> to to that because then I then I'll be really annoyed. Um, so, I, I, how long? Here's one that people that a lot that'll get people worked up. So, it's a good question for you. How long do you think we'll need the masks? Oh, this is going to be a really hard one. Um, I personally, generally um, speaking, you know, I know you don't. I know you're not going to be like February twenty third, twenty twenty two. So, like, you know, <laughs> roughly, when, when do you think we won't need the masks? I honestly. I fear that we'll be able to um, maybe have uh, pretty much not have them in the summer if all things go well. I'm afraid that they won't. And I'm really afraid these variants are going to pop up and we're just going to be going backwards. And at that point, it all just falls apart. Um, So it worries me very much. And And I hope that I'm wrong, that the variants aren't going to just come uh, roaring after us. But um, they certainly did in England and elsewhere in Europe, and there's no reason to think that we're going to be any exception to that. And those places worked a lot harder to clamp down, and they're not even out of it yet. So I'm thinking it's it's a long time, and uh, yeah. particularly if we make the wrong moves. So I, I wouldn't even hazard a guess. Uh, but I think in, in the next month, if we see this explode, we set ourselves back a long way. And um, uh, that'll be unfortunate. But hopefully, uh, you know, uh, with uh, the death rate uh, perhaps being less and uh, moving quickly, as quickly as we can, uh, we, we won't have as, as massive a problem. But, oh, my God, this virus is fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, it's a race. It's a race. And, and I agree with uh, – we're, we're a very, very – I guess we could call it interesting situation where uh, some political uh, authorities want to do one thing and the CDC is saying, don't do that. Everybody's going to have to make up their own mind. And uh, so yeah, I, I it's a little be very cautious. This is a, a very, very bizarre situation. And uh, I, I never thought I'd see it. I never thought I'd live to see the day where political authorities basically said, well, we're going to do this, even though the medical experts are saying, don't do that. 
here we are. Yeah. So I well, think it's going to play out badly, but that's just me, uh, Doctor Doom. You know. So. Well, you were right last time, but again, see, this is the. Um. Yeah, well, that's the that's the thing where it's like confusing though because you're cons- like you say that, but then it's like, but we're vaccinated, so it's it like it could be really bad for the people who haven't gotten on board yet, right? Is exactly. that kind of exactly? Yeah. And so here we are, where we have um, uh, great strides towards uh, meeting the goals of vaccinating people, but just recognize the disease incident is incidence is considerable. <laughs> okay, it's dropped down. People are talking about oh, it's dropped down, so we can ease back. We are at a higher level than we were in May when we were freaking out. I mean, yeah. this is what you're talking about. We adapt. And, and so we've kind of adapted and thinking, oh, this, this is good. It's ready to rock it. Okay. And we've got new variants out there who are, are creeping to the fore that we're going to wish it hadn't. And, uh, oh, my God, it, it's just, it's astonishing where we are. I, I still, I just can't believe it. I still cannot believe this. This is how. We are at this juncture. So, yeah. yeah, we're doing well, but there's a lot of people out there at risk. And if this virus is allowed to rip through the, the population as a whole, we're going to find out what it can really do. And, and so to all the people that said, oh, we'll just, let it, we'll just develop herd immunity, that was never a winning strategy for a large number of people, and it still isn't. Yeah. Well, one of the... I'm going to change the mood a bit here. Uh, one of the one of the exciting discoveries that came about during the uh, Corona cast, because every dark cloud has a silver lining, of course, was uh, our our mutual love for nothing but cakes. Of course, <laughs> yes. So oh, uh, you need oh. a computer at all? If, if you're near your yeah, Twitter, you I need to check. It. Okay. Because in honor of of the of the uh, in honor of tonight's anniversary show, I went a different route. Because in the past year, see, we haven't had this show, so I haven't had a chance to to tell you about this new discovery that I'm that I'm un, uh, unveiling to people tonight. Because I've switched, I still I still dabble in the bunt. I still, <laughs> you know, I'll get a I'll get a dozen bunt cakes, buntinis. I'll get a dozen buntinis. Every couple months, when they roll out a new flavor, um, I'm still a big fan of the Buntinis. But what I discovered was that in my town, uh, there is an, an artisanal whoopie pie shop. So <laughs> the so, so I'm double dipping now. I if I'm not doing the bunt cakes, and people wonder how I got over the line over the over the body mass index. Bunt cakes. <laughs> And whoopie pies. <laughs> They're the road to salvation. Uh, so, so for folks who are listening, you can go on my Twitter. People in the chat, I sent the thing to. I got these from the Whoopie Wagon here in Burlington, Mass. Um, it's a pop-up shop, so who knows how long it'll even be in town for. So I had to make a move, and uh, they are they are fantastic. There's a banana, a banana bread one. There's a uh, there's a there's a s'more one, there's a salted caramel one. As you can see, there's a chocolate chip. There's a confetti one, and that one that looks like a chocolate donut, that, like the glazy looking one, is uh, oh yeah, 
Whoa. That's a that's a that's a Graham cracker. That's the small one. Yeah. So I think yeah, something like that. Yeah. So they are they're pretty fantastic, you know. They're pretty fantastic. <laughs> so I, I, yeah. I give them high a high recommendation. Not a huge Whoopie Pie fan, but when you really put the work in, <laughs> when, when, you, when you put the work in on the Whoopie Pie and really, really try to really, you know, put something unique and, and uh, different out there, like a fucking banana bread Whoopie Pie, oh, yeah, man, I'm in. So, yeah, that's that, that's our culinary uh, culinary side side road. Interesting, though, that this is the road to salvation, as you, you put it, because by being over the line, the obesity line, you got the vaccine quicker. So, you know, exactly. it's uh, a, a dynamite move on your part, I guess. Well, I did. I, 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 I'll give myself a little credit because <laughs> the, after the show ended um, back in May, uh, I talked a little bit about this on Banal of America. I actually, but it wasn't, there was never really the venue to bring this up. This is the perfect venue because this is sort of what we're at, what we're talking about all these weeks. Um, the whole experience of living through that in the spring, I remember we talked about how it seemed like things were kind of in the, there was a little, there was a little shallow water there uh, in the summer where it seemed like everybody was kind of, could loosen up a little bit. Um, but I, I kind of took the lessons of this experience and I genuinely like tried to get into shape and was walking a shitload. Um, yeah. So I, I, Oh, Zach Copley doesn't even know what a whoopie pie is. That's sad. Uh, I think you can't, you can't be, you can't be a boomer and not know what a whoopie pie is. I think you have to be young. So that he says, I must be a boomer. No, dude, a boomer definitely knows what a whoopie pie is. It's a young person doesn't know. Uh, so, but I was walking a lot. Um, I was, you would have been so proud of me, Tyler. I think at one point I was up to like, uh, one day I kind of went crazy. Like it was Saturday because I didn't have to work or anything. I like walked like seven fucking miles just to, just to push it to see how far I could really go. Um, so, you know, but then it got cold and, and I was like, I don't want to, you know, I got, I just got lazy and, and then winter came and everything. So I'm actually really looking forward to this spring because I mean, last time I started walking in June, I didn't really see very good results till kind of like the end of this. No, not even. I started walking like in July. So it was only like about six weeks. Now I can really put a good six months into this and see if, yeah. Uh, yeah. see if I can and slim down a little bit, you know, get under that BMI, which I'm sure I will. Yeah, like right you can. Over it. Yeah, I mean, so. you're going to have to make uh, wholesale changes, though. You know, you can't, can't indulge in too many of these if you're going to uh, – Shed the pounds, so. Yeah. First, you got to. No, I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I was hoping that the Buntini Company would, or nothing but cakes, would uh, sponsor the Banal Corona Cast and ship out bunk cakes to us, but uh, no go. I know. Very disappointing. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Well, this is the the good thing is I. I tagged this local shop in my in my bun, bun, uh in my whoopie pie um announcement. <laughs> so yeah. 
So I decided well, I to. Uh, appreciate that. What's that? They'll appreciate that. I'm sure. So good for you. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're the local. Maybe you know you got to start local with sponsors, man. So you know, I don't know necessarily if the Whoopi Wagon wants to get. Well, we're not looking for sponsors because this is just a one-off Corona cast. So uh, the the trying to sell them, sell them. Would you like to sponsor our show about the pandemic? It's like I don't know. They might. They might it might not be a good fit for the whoopee wagon. Sure. Yes. Right. I, but but I maybe when I get into the back end of the paranormal game, uh, the whoopee wagon will want to get on the bandwagon, the banal bandwagon. So that would be great. Yeah. But which one? Yeah, which one we'll do you think see. they'll go for? Pandemic or paranormal? Definitely paranormal. Maybe I can convince them to do like a UFO looking whoopee pie. I don't know how you do it. You know, oh. that's what they're the art they're the artisans, so they should know. Yeah. But that is yeah, uh, we got a winner. Uh tonight on uh local news station they're doing um a story about the Phoenix Lights. Which oh, was, really? Oh uh, yeah, it's like about yeah. a year ago. Yeah. So, but not a year ago, um, it's the anniversary, I mean. Near about. Yeah, yeah. And I think um the thirteenth, right? But they um been what, twenty four years? Am I right on that? Been a long uh, time, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, so, anyway, of course, it's it's locally famous here, you know. Because were you there when that happened? There. I was not. I was I was not living there. I came shortly after, and um, ah. have not. Uh, I bumped into and talked to a lot of people who have had uh, sightings and experiences. And it's funny as as people know that you're interested, they begin to tell you things. But I actually have not encountered anybody that saw the Phoenix Lights, and uh, or or one of them, because there were two events. Uh, not and all the, I've talked to a lot of people about UFOs. Kind of that that's my thing as a, a UFO hunter, and uh, uh, but not not bumped into anybody that's done the Phoenix Lights or saw them. So yeah. Oh, you've never met yeah. anyone who's seen them. I'm not personally. I, I never, never have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, like run in the wild, if you will. Yeah. 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 It, it's just funny, but uh, there's lots of people out here that, that see um, uh, anomalous uh, things. And uh, Arizona is a good state for that because we have such uh, conducive weather for it. Clear skies most yeah, of the time. Yeah, a lot of so wide open spaces. Yeah. yeah. So it's a fun place to live in that regard. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. What's the – have they – here, I'm trying to think what the situation here is. I think they're opening restaurants now. Um, it's very touch and go. It's hard to quite gauge. Obviously, the mask thing. Did we ever get an answer to when the mask thing, when you think we'll not need masks? Did, did you ever no. say a date? No. no not, what do you think? Like a either. year? Uh, if we have a major setback. Yeah, we we could be looking at a year, uh, seriously. Yeah. Uh, and so let's all pray that that uh, we're going to um, be fortunate that we we don't have so many deaths and and such mayhem in the hospitals that we have to resort to that. But yeah. there's still so many people yet to be vaccinated, Tim, and it's it's just such um, we we could have waited another six weeks, eight weeks, in in, in my opinion, but. Uh, our governor in Arizona is, has uh, really blazed his own path. It's been intermediate in, um, in, in terms of 
uh, trying to be open, but also having restrictions. Uh, we're eliminating those. Uh, so basically open for business. But the state is, is interesting because uh, Maricopa County has been hit really hard, uh, but other places not so much. And so to have like a, a blanket statewide policy, he knew was, was going to be a non-starter from the very beginning. So he's, he's been, I think, pretty good at, uh, at reading the signs and, and doing something. Um, but, boy, we, we had a hard, hard slog here when uh, cases came back up and uh, they didn't move and they didn't move. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, calling the refrigerated trucks. Um, we, we really skirted the edge. And I'm afraid this time, <laughs> this time it's going to be fierce and fast. Yeah. If it happens, and it just scares me. Well, yeah, you know, it's uh, we'll just have to see what happens. Again, it's like it's just messed up because we're kind of in the clear. So it's like, all right, we need everybody else to hurry up and get get uh, you know, get on board. Um, you know, as soon as we as soon as they can. Uh, yeah, we do, and but, you know, some some things uh, in terms of news reports where they do polls are are troubling. That they're talking about a lot of people resist getting the vaccine, and of course, uh, you know, they're they're worried and, and uh, reasonably so. You know, like what are what are my issues here? And and so we'll have to do a good job of explaining and selling it. Uh, but one of the things that really struck me was uh, they said uh, up to a third of military personnel have declined to take the vaccine, which absolutely fascinated me uh, that um, I never, my experience was, I don't remember too many people asking me things. I remember being uh, lined up with the battalion and getting, I don't know what. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. You were in the army? Navy. Yeah, I didn't know this. Wow. Yeah, way back. After all this time, what a revelation. Thank you for your service. Was this through the Vietnam thing? No, no, no. I was, uh, uh, this was much later, much later. So uh, my my service was easy. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you anyway. That's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, I heard that story too, and you and I have the same reaction. It's like, it sounds kind of sinister, but it's like, who who said they had any choice? They're in the army. That's the... They just line you up and give you shots, I thought. Like, I didn't think you could say no. I, I'm shocked. And uh, I can – one of the one thing uh, in terms of microbiology that happened, um, happens all the time is that a virus uh, known as adenovirus will, will come in uh, into the barracks uh, of military recruits and just make people really sick with a, a flu-like syndrome. Uh, and sometimes yeah. a, a big percentage of the new recruits get sick and, and they get so debilitated that they, they have to cycle them back to complete their training in the next incoming class, which is an enormous expense to the military. And, you know, they don't like these people that, to have to repeat and you know, do all these things. And so they actually developed a vaccine against the uh, adenovirus, actually a couple of them. And uh, over the years, uh, it's, it's been pretty effective. The, the one they have now it looks to be safe and effective, but uh, there wasn't any question about, you know, are you going to take it or not? Uh, here it is. Here's your pill. You know, right, one, exactly. One blue yeah. one, one pink one. 
take them and don't chew them. Right. So, anyway. Yeah, um, it's very. That just surprised the heck out of me that that the upper command would basically allow a third of of the people. Well, I guess when it's that big a number of people, you risk like a mutiny or something, right? So it's like you almost have to. Uh, but still, you think on an individual level, like people would just be the drill sergeant or whatever would be like, "Shut up, maggot," and then <laughs> and then yeah, and then I, stick them with the needle, like and that was how it worked. I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Tim that they know what to do with a mutiny when they have one. You know, I just yeah, I, I don't. I just am amazed. Now, maybe what that means is just a blanket, um, you know, sort of survey without. Uh, any kind of reality to it, like, would you want to take it? And then, no, I don't want to. But I'm not sure that that's going to be the question or the appropriate response. But it, it comes down to that a lot of people, uh, you know, don't feel the need. And I think uh, if you look at the military, of course, they're going to be younger than the average. Uh, and they're going to be uh, much more physically fit than the average because they have to maintain uh, standards. You know, they're tested right. and, and evaluated. Uh, and so there could be the lot of them feel like, oh, no, it's not necessary. This, this is really stupid. Uh, but that's not going to be the final driver for the decision, I'm pretty sure. So it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's been a crazy gaps. year. What's that? we got to fill those gaps. That, that yeah. If we have um, a large number of people uh, that don't get <laughs> infected, what that is is a reservoir for the disease to work, and that's the wellsprings of of variants. The other thing that people have to keep in mind is the United States is not the world, and that uh, although we're very good at creating uh, COVID cases right now, uh, we also need to protect uh, people in the remainder of the world to to really get this thing fully under control or as controlled as well as we can. And so we're going to have to follow the Chinese model. Uh, of all things, China is, is uh, shipping out vaccines to nations that maybe can't pay or are unable to pay anything. Uh, and we're going to yeah. have to, yeah. to consider that as well. Yeah, it's in our best interest to, uh, you know, to get everybody vaccinated around the world and shit. So, Absolutely. you know, I'm sure the conspiracy theorists don't like hearing that, but that's, you know, the only way the microchips work is there's a shitload of them, so we need a lot. <laughs> need yeah. a lot of them to come together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Um, the uh, it's 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 been a year, man. It's been a crazy, crazy year, and um, you know we'll have to see how it goes. I feel pretty good about things, uh, much better than I did last year at this time. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, we won't well, be coming back for a second. Like there was, this is a one-off, folks. So the it was, we're not bringing the Corona cast back. Um, <laughs> but maybe if Tyler will, you know, if I if I can twist his arm, um, you know, maybe a year from now we'll come back and do it two years later special. Maybe this will be an annual thing. Maybe maybe we'll keep tracking this until it's like. Well, we don't really have anything left to, left to talk about. The coronavirus is just a part of our lives now, and um, it, and it is like the flu or whatever, you know. Um, so, but but it it's uh, we all live through something really crazy. It's pretty it's pretty um, 
you know, I think I just I really listening to that episode tonight from when we first started really kind of brought a lot of it back. Just the just the uncertainty, the terror. I mean, I remember like 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 little like for real the hazmatting, the fucking gloves, the mask, the flat Earth hat to repel any <laughs> any truly deranged people. That was my last line of defense, uh, and, and, and to attract them, if if need be, uh, and and just like literally like running to the store and fucking like getting out of the car and like holding my fucking breath, like uh, and and just the sheer terror of it all. And um, you know, it's uh, there's a part of me. This is like this has been a horrifically tragic period. No one's denying that. There's no doubt about that. But it's like. You know, we're close to getting out of it, and, like, I don't know. I wouldn't say appreciate what we went through, but, like, at least acknowledge it in a sense. You know what I mean? It's like there's a sense that people want to just get back to normal and forget this ever happened. And it was like, this is like a year unlike anything any of us have ever experienced and God willing will ever experience again. Um, You know, this is like you tell your grandkids about this year. So to me, it was like I don't. There's a lot of shit I just won't forget, you know. Going by shopping plazas and shit, and it's like barren, and and uh, you you know not the, like in April last year, like you couldn't never everything was closed. Like you literally couldn't go anywhere. Like a, like a day out was just drive. Let's drive around and go through these empty office park buildings, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like the parking lots. Like let's just drive around these big fancy office park parking lots because we've never been been we've never been around this area before because we were always you know living life. But now we can't go to any anywhere. So let's explore some of this stuff. Um, you know, I look back. It's like well, I should, maybe maybe I should have written that great American novel. But I I brought up an all of America back. That's I mean, what more do you people want? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I, I like your your idea though that we don't want to go back to normal and just forget. And yeah. if you notice, there's one thing uh, scientifically that uh, people are determined not to let go of or not let go of easily, and that actually concerns efforts to uncover the actual origins. Initial oh yeah, I want to ask origin. you about that. Yeah, what's the and that so, was the big debate when this all started? Do we know any more about um, where where the fuck this started from? Because like remember we talked about it and it was like it came from a what was a bat? That was what we were told. It came from a bat, and then it was like it came from a, pa- a pangolin, and then it was like no, no, no. Uh, there were other people who were like no, it got out of a lab by accident, and of course then there were people who were like no, no, no the government. China made it and released it. I know a guy I used to work with when I was a janitor. <laughs> He's retired. Um, but he was like, I think I think China sent people here with the virus to spread it. I'm like, what the fuck? That's the wildest <laughs> one I've heard. But there's, you know, I'm sure it'll always be sort of clouded in, in confusion. And it's, I feel terrible for Asian Americans who are like – they don't have any fucking thing to do with this. Like, leave yeah. them alone. Who's like, who's, yes. who's they, all that shit is just ridiculous. Like, it's just so ignorant and just so 
you know, it's just disgusting. Um, but do we know where the or do we have any better idea about the origins of this thing? No, not really. Uh, and one of the disappointing things is that there still are um, accusations that the Chinese authorities are not uh, necessarily as cooperative as they could be. Uh, there's uh, thoughts that, you know, it had an animal reservoir. We've not been able to talk or track down the most direct animal reservoir uh, at this stage, although some people maintain that they can kind of see by uh, doing basically gene genealogies how it yeah. does fit into the wild. Uh, and so it doesn't – preponderance of, of the objective data, which is not great, uh, don't right now really support an obviously directly, deliberately engineered, laboratory-engineered strain of virus. But the possibility of a release, uh, accidental release, is still there. And uh, people are trying to um, to address those things, and it's it's been very contentious, as you might imagine. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, we we really need to work hard to figure out what the the actual origin was, so as not to repeat this tragic history. So, if yeah. it was indeed a wet market. And pangolins are exceptionally good, you know, transmitters, uh, like mink have turned out to be. Mink farms, yeah, yeah, into the mink and then back out. Uh, If there's something like that, then we want to clamp down and say, yep, you know, they're delicious, but you you can't harvest them this way, you know. Uh, Are they delicious, pangolin? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) You said that like you have experience eating pangolin, and I'm fucking jealous now. Well. Uh, no, you're safe <laughs> on that one. And, and please don't ask uh, a producer to be a sponsor of the show. That's that's the only thing I ask you. Okay. A producer Buntini's of what? Yes. A, a pangolin? Yes. Yeah, no pangolin, please. Okay? Yeah. Uh, Zach Halpley says, maybe just outlaw gain-of-function research. Is gain-of-function like how they were like trying to make shit so they could figure out how to beat it? That's kind of the gain-of-function thing? You know, it it can be. Uh, one of the things that, that has happened and has led to a huge controversy in the scientific community was uh, gain-of-function uh, with, uh, say, avian influenza viruses and uh, yeah. uh, trying to fix them so they would be uh, better able to infect mammals. But one of the, of the – you can't just outlaw them flat out because we actually do gain-of-function uh, uh, experiments with things like influenza viruses, seasonal influenza, to get the ones to grow in chicken eggs so we can make vaccines. So yeah. if you just say, okay, it's all against the law, then you've got a problem right there. Uh, so maybe we just need greater people, oversight. I, I think so. I, I personally believe that. Other people chafe at that. And, uh, but the scientific community, the, the Biotechnology Safety Advisory Board, uh, it was split right down the middle over H5N1 influenza uh, experiments, just right down the middle. Some said they're good, and others say they're, they're dangerous, and there wasn't much middle ground. That, those are the scientists. Yeah. So it, it's uh, one hell of a battle. All right. Well, also, battle is the clock, because uh, it's got us here. We've got a minute left. We can go over just a little bit, but I'm, uh, I'm not going to I'm not gonna keep you for more than, like, two minutes. Um, but... Uh, you know, I said this uh, on the last episode of the Corona Cast back in May. Um, a little clearer now that 
<laughs> I, I wasn't in such a down slash celebratory mood that it was uh, the last episode. I, I, you know, I look back on those ten weeks that we just, you know, two and a half months we did the show, and I want to thank everybody who tuned in live. Zach Copley, uh, Zach Farr. Um, we have fun official. Um, there's one other guy I popped in and then he popped out. So, oh, and, uh, something about, some guy with flies in his name. I, I don't have it now in front of me. So, so all those people who joined the chat, uh, catching flies. That was his name. Um, thanks to all those folks who tuned in. Thanks to everybody who tuned in live. Um, but looking back on those, those two months, two and a half months when this thing started and we were, uh, really, Everybody was scared and confused and frightened, and then it kind of turned into, like, anger and misgivings about our fellow Americans, because some people didn't take it seriously, and and arguing, not you and I, but sort of people arguing about when to open up and everything. It was just a, an incredibly crazy, tumultuous uh, two and a half months. Um, I will say that, like, this show that we did was this – was one of the few times, like, that was a grand escape, even though we were talking about the fucking virus. It was it was uh, just a a therapeutic hour every Friday night, two hours every Friday night to uh, to escape from this in a way, and 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 but 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 talk it out. And um, you know, I, I'll always be thankful that you that you uh, you joined in on it, man. So yeah, you know. it was fun. I mean, it, it, it was, was a fun, horrible situation. Exactly. But at the same yeah. time, uh, by talking back and forth and, and getting other people's uh, ideas, uh, we kind of came to grips with what was going on, both of us. So that was good. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's why I wanted to say I really appreciate that. And as I said, uh, when we closed up shop back in May, you're 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 part of the Banal family for life, man. So. Uh, okay. And, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, because. Um, I, I, it's important that I mention here, um, especially because people – this is like the first Banal of America since like the end of the year, January or whatever. So uh, Tyler and I lost a good friend um, uh, earlier, I guess a few weeks ago now, uh, Jeff Ritzman, who had been on Banal of America a lot. And Tyler worked with Jeremy and Jeff on a whole bunch of stuff and talked to Jeff a lot as well. And he was just a really good friend of ours. And, uh, you know, we're going to miss him an awful lot. And um, – we had a memorial service for Jeff uh, that's on Jeremy Vaney's YouTube channel. So people, if you want to see that, uh, go and check it out. We kind of we kind of aired it out on there. So so I don't, um, you know Tyler 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 can attest. Uh, yeah, I got pretty emotional, and I want to really you um, uh, tread that ground right now. So, so, um, but, but we, Jeff was an awesome, awesome guy and we're going to miss him a, a, a whole lot. And, um, he was one of the good guys in this field and, and, and they're in short supply. So to, to lose him was, uh, really heartbreaking. And, uh, I always figured he'd be back on, but all America at some point. So it's, you know, it's heartbreaking that, uh, we, we're going to have to wait to talk to him again some other time. So, yeah, yeah. a tough a tough blow and a surprise, you know. I don't think anyone, you know, uh, none of us saw that one coming. So it was uh, nope. unexpected. But yeah. you know, it's as I said at the service, you know, that makes you 
that makes you appreciate the people that you have now and, and hold them close. So, you know, I love you, man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, we'll do it again in a year. I'll have you on. I got to get you on, but <laughs> I got to get you on, but all of America under some kind of like gag order where it's like, <laughs> where it's like, we cannot talk about coronavirus whatsoever. We can only, we can only talk about shit outside of, of the coronavirus. Um, so we'll see, we'll we'll see if that we'll see if that's possible. We gotta we gotta break out of that. But but yeah, man, I I, I really do appreciate it, and it's been this has been a lot of fun tonight. Uh, you know, it brings back a lot of memories. Uh, you know, some good, and you, the the real world memories not not too good. But yeah. but the memories of doing this show, um, a lot of fun memories of of that. So I, I really had a good time doing it, and I'm. I'm glad we could do this tonight to uh, mark the anniversary. So thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks for letting me contribute something. <clears throat> oh, man, you contributed a whole lot. You were, you know, you were an equal partner on the CoronaCast. So thanks. Um, and with that, folks, I guess I'll give you some good news um, is that we're only like, I don't know, three weeks away. We're coming back. I never ended up doing the Winter of Weirdness, uh, as you as you know, listeners, because uh, it never happened. Um, I don't know. I just it just didn't have. I just didn't have it, man. I just didn't feel it. I just wasn't feeling it this winter. Um, and so, uh, as I said on some show, when I get the feel, when it comes back, it'll come back. When I get the urge, and uh, so like a few weeks ago, I kind of started feeling that way and started booking guests. And so I'm happy to tell you all um, that it doesn't even really have a name. It's not like the summer of strangeness. It's not like the spring of strangeness or, or anything like that. Uh, but uh, maybe it's been all t- BOA 2021 or something. But we're, we're coming back uh, April 2nd, uh, Friday night. Same, same but all time, same but all channel. Uh, I'd like to get off Blogspot, but that was like that was my resolution in September when I wrapped up the summer restraints. As you can tell, I'm still on Blogspot, so I'm gonna have. I, I may still try and figure that out, or come up with some other alternative. Uh, maybe you know, thinking maybe some shows will be live, some shows will be taped, and the taped ones will be yeah, a different audio quality. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to tinker with stuff if I can. Um, but all that said, we'll be back. April 2nd, uh, Friday night, 9 p.m., uh, with Lauren Coleman. He's going to help us kick off another round of Banal of America. So uh, Lauren Coleman and then um, Adam Go Rightly will be on the following Friday, April 9th. So, and I'm in, in the process of booking guests now. So I'm hoping, that, I'm hoping that by the time we go on the air on April 2nd, I'll be – I would like to be booked like through Memorial Day, to be honest. So that would be like two months, but we'll see if that happens. Um, I purposely really tried to uh, sort of, sort of like refill the bullpen last summer with with a whole bunch of new guests that I had never interviewed before. Um, so I think at least to start, you're going to be hearing from a lot of familiar people who've been on with All America a lot that that uh, that. Really, if you think about it, I mean, I don't know how long ago we wrapped the show up in New Orleans, but a lot of these people haven't even been on the show in like three or four years. So uh, 
we'll be we'll be catching up with a lot of old friends from Banal of America. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of connects back to like what I was saying. Like like if he was around, Jeff Jeff was someone I would have contacted to get on the show uh, right now. You know, it would be like people we haven't heard from in a long time uh, that that uh, we want to get updates from. So that'll be what you can expect when Banal of America comes back. April 2nd, uh, that's it, that's it, so I guess on that note, you'll be hearing from me in uh, two or three weeks, it must be three weeks, yeah, you'll be hearing from me, from me in three weeks, Um, so yeah, is that right, three weeks, 14, 20, 20, yeah, three weeks, so yeah, on that, are we all set, Tyler? You were done, yeah, ready to roll. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. Have a good night, Tyler, uh, and have a have a great uh, few weeks, listeners. And you'll be hearing from me on April second. And until next time, until then, this is Tim Benal signing off. Yeah.